Welcome to the Life Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more info, you can check us out on Facebook at Life Church of Columbia. Uh, I'm going to teach this morning on culturized or colonized. And I need you to understand before I get started, uh, God speaks to us in many different ways. Uh, I wish you knew how many ways God speaks to you. Because God's speaking to you so many times and you may not even recognize it. Uh, But it's the voice of God talking to you in many ways. He gives us preachers messages in many ways. Uh, And uh, but there's one way he never gives me a message is in my sleep, through my dreams. Uh, Two times this happened in my ministry, and both times has been in the last three months. Uh, This message I'm about to share with you. God gave to me in my dreams. Uh, I'm feeling like the reason he does so is some kind of subliminal, subconscious thing that I have maybe in going into prayer, that he has to catch me completely and totally unconscious to what I know. And to drop something. And when he does, he wakes me up immediately. I know, wow. Uh, So I'm telling you all that to tell you this. I feel like this is weighty this morning. And it's also apostolic. And uh, what I mean by apostolic is not doctrinal. Apostolic means it's a corporate word for the body of Christ. The apostles would write a letter and he'd go to all the churches. I believe that's what this word is. And we are apostolic coverings and we'll be sharing that next week. You're not going to want to miss next week. Next week we'll be actually teaching on Sunday morning things we go into other churches and teach to establish plurality of leadership, five-fold ministry. I need Life Church to be here next week to understand the, uh, the calling and the anointing on Life Church. But nevertheless, this is that. And I want you to hear it with apostolic ears knowing this is the word of the Lord to the body of Christ as a whole. Uh, probably as I travel, we'll, we will share this message around the United States. So we're going to start in the book, Culturized or Colonized. Amen. Uh, I'm going to Ephesians first, chapter number two, verse number 19. Uh, And of course, he'll have them on the screen for you. I am really partial to the Amplified. So these scriptures will be out of the Amplified translation. Ephesians chapter number two, verse number 19 says, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, <laughs> somebody said amen, outsiders without rights of citizenship, somebody say citizenship, it's really important today, I need you to catch that, we are no longer strangers and aliens, uh, but you are now fellow citizens with the saints, and are members of God's household, amen, reach over, look to your neighbor and tell them, welcome to the household. Tell them, welcome to the family. Amen. Welcome to the family. I don't know what it is about people who thinks that churches are full of hypocrites. Really, churches are full of imperfect people who's just a part of a perfect family. (laughs) Amen. And uh, the one you just told that probably ain't perfect. Y'all look straight ahead. Don't look at them. Amen. But if we're born again, we are part of the family of God. I had two siblings, and I was the only one of the three who turned out perfect. So I had to live with these siblings. What are y'all laughing about? 
even though they weren't perfect. Are you understand? But I never disowned him as my brother. And it's on the, hey, dude, good to see you come in. Uh, and, and that's the way it is in the body of Christ. We're siblings together. We're all working together. Amen. And sometimes we have disagreements with one another. But nevertheless, we are still the family of God. Go with me now to the book of Philippians, chapter number 3, beginning in verse number 17. And, and I really need you to listen to these scriptures because, remember, this is a prophetic apostolic word to the body of Christ of where we are in our current state of things. Brothers and sisters, see, there it is again. You're my brothers and you are my sisters, whether you like it or not. Brothers and sisters, together, follow my example. I'm praying for some leaders of homes. I'm praying for some dads. I'm praying for some moms that will not tell your kids, only tell your kids what to do, but can say, follow my example. Huh? That, isn't that what it's all about? Not that do as I say, not as I do. These scriptures just pouring into me. Give us some leaders in our homes. Forget about the church. Let's just go back to our homes to where we can literally look at our kids and say, you do what I do, and you're going to succeed in life. You follow me. Paul said, brothers and sisters, together follow. I keep talking funny. Together. Together follow me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm getting out of here. Follow my example. Follow my example and observe. You need to be observative of who you're following. Come on, somebody. I'm going to preach in a minute, but follow my example and be careful who's your hero. Who, who's the name on back of your jersey? Tim Abbott. Amen. Uh, are you listening to me? Uh, it's hard to find role models these days that we can observe what they do and follow them. I got to go. Observe those, and here's the ones you ought to observe, Paul said, those who live by the pattern we gave you. Follow my example. For they are many, they are many of whom, listen, listen to Paul's heart. They are many of whom I've often told you, I've told you, and I've told you, and I've told you, and now, I'm telling you with tears streaming down my face. They are, he said, and now I tell you even with tears, they are many who live as enemies of the cross, of Christ. Amen. I need somebody to repeat after me. He's talking about Christians. Paul is, he's not talking to the world here. He's talking about Christians. For there are many of whom I often tell you, and I now tell you with tears, who live as enemies of the cross of Christ, <laughs> whose fate is destruction, whose God is their belly, their world. Uh, that means their, their worldly appetite, their sensuality, their vanity. Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame. Who who focus their mind on earthly, temporal things. But, somebody shout, but. Uh, 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 look at the distinction. Paul is making a distinction between two cultures in one body. But we, 
We are different because our citizenship is in heaven. But we're different. I I just love crowd participation, and I don't want you to go to sleep. So come on, look at your family. Y'all look at your neighbor and tell them, but we're different. I said, uh, have we got our kids in here, or did they leave? Hey, kids, are y'all listening to me? Every one of y'all, I need you to look at your neighbor and tell them we are different. Oh, I couldn't hear you girls. That's what, okay, we're different. I need you to get a hold of that, amen, so that when you go to school, you know you're different. You know, but are you listening to me, Stephen? Are you listening to me, Reed? That's why you come together. You're different. Not weird, different. <laughs> you're different. Amen. So quit trying to fit in where God says you're not going to fit in. Why? Because we are different. Matter of fact, I want all you young people to stand up. Kids, not, not all you old folks. I knew she was going to do it. All of you, stand up. Stand up. Everybody, golly, they're all in here today. Amen. I wish our camera could see. Amen. They're all, sit down, Ricky. You old timer. Amen. Hey, listen to me. Right now, I want everybody else to applaud the difference. I want you to applaud that y'all are different. You ain't got to fit in. Amen? You're different. Don't expect to fit in. Don't even try to fit in because you are different. All right, sit down and be different. But we are different because... Our citizenship is in another world. How can you be the citizen of another country and live in this country and not be different? We're different because our citizenship is in heaven. I mean, I mean, uh, uh, Bliss, stand up, son. Stand up. Stand up and turn and just look and smile with that suave smile. Turn around and smile at Y'all notice he's different? (laughs) He looks different. He's built different. Are you listening to me? And it just lets me know, are you listening to me? He originates from a different place. Paul is saying, there ought to be something about you that distinguishes you, and you're just different. But the good good thing is, bless you wear it well. (laughs) Not ashamed of Hylex. Are you listening to me? The church has got to come to the conclusion, we're from a different place place. We're under a different government. We are citizens of another world. Is it, is it working yet? Did I finish my scriptures? But we are different because our citizenship is in heaven and from there and what? From where? And from there, we eagerly await the coming of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Not from heaven, but from a heavenly mindset that we are different. From this place of cultural diversity that you and I live in is the state of mind that makes us look for the coming of the king of that culture. I got so much work to do. But I need you to get this before we go to work. Citizen. 
citizen, you citizenship. These scriptures, I just picked these few out because God woke me up. In my dream, I went into the de- a deep dream, uh, and he showed me our citizenship in heaven. Short, to the point, come out, knowing God says, I need you to deal with this. I need you to deal with this. The word citizen, I usually don't try to say the Greek because I butcher it, but you don't know Greek, so you're not going to know if I butchered it. But I, if you can write it down the way it sounds, the word citizen is polit you may. Polit you may. And I'm saying it for a reason. Polit you may. You are a citizen. You are a polit you may. It means a community. It means citizenship. Citizenship. Listen to this. You got to get this before, because of where I'm going. It means to behave as a citizen of a community. Okay? It means to live or govern your life. Politeme. Politeume. Politeume. It's where we get the word politics. <laughs> Scared her to death. It's where we get the word polity. And polity is a form or process of civil government. I don't mean to bore you. I just need you to know that. It's where we get the word polity. It's a form or process of civil government. King James Version, if you're reading that and you didn't, you wasn't following on the screen, in the word for citizen there, it used conversation, which refers to the behaviors of a citizen. In other words, we are different because we are a community whose behavior is governed by the culture of another world. Did y'all catch all that? You're a citizen of another world. So Paul calls us citizens of heaven, which makes us colonials. Anybody ever heard that term? You are a citizen of heaven, so that makes you a colonial. Why? Because we live on earth, but our allegiance is on, in heaven. Our allegiance is to the heavenly realm. Amen. And colonials are sent to colonize. Amen. Give my title back. I'm going to say that again. Colonials are always sent to colonize. Wait on me, Sister Beth. You're going there, ain't you? Amen. Meaning, what does that mean? Colonials are sent to colonize. What does colonize mean? It actually means uh, you settle among a people group and promote another form of government. That's what colonials do. My God, that's the nation we live in, matter of fact. You settle among a people group and you promote another form of government and culture. Oh, I hope somebody's taking notes. Now, if you need a scriptural reference to that, without all of these historical words of colonialism and, 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 and colony and all of that, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 20, we are ambassadors for Jesus Christ. That one worked, didn't it? You're ambassadors for Jesus Christ. This, can, I, can, I, can you go with me now? I'm going to show you where we are as the body of Christ. This is exactly what Jesus came to do. The heavenly father sent the son to colonize heaven on earth. I know you're ready for the rapture. And I know, I, I really, I hope you're not praying. Come, Lord Jesus. 
Uh, I mean, I don't mean to be selfish, but to me, the most selfish prayer a man could ever pray is come, Lord Jesus, unless all your family's saved, all your friend is saved, and everybody's good. I would never pray, come, Lord Jesus, uh, because when he comes, it's over. Amen. Are you listening to me? So I don't want to take heaven away from you because one day the, the king we're serving, we're going to look in the eyeballs, amen, and see him face to face. Somebody shout hallelujah for the coming of the Lord. But can I tell you, Jesus came to this earth with one thing in mind, and that's bringing heaven to earth. Is there anybody in this Bible class this morning? He came to colonize heaven on earth. And, and he came Matter of fact, Jesus came as a colonial and settled among us as one of us to colonize on earth the kingdom he came from. Come on, somebody, wave up. You got to stay with me. I don't want you to go to sleep on me. Amen. Jesus, amen, came from heaven, sent by God, became one of us, lived among us to colonize heaven on earth. And then he commissioned you to do the same thing. He commissioned us to do the same thing. Matter of fact, he said, uh, when they said, teach us to pray, he said, let me tell you how I want you to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy colony come. Somebody help me. Thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. How? Amen. Somebody shout, we're different. Why? Because we govern our lives by a whole different form of government, and we are to create in our homes the same environment that is in heaven. Jesus said, when you pray, pray for colonization. When, oh, God, y'all got to help. When you pray, pray for colonization. I, I don't mean to be offensive, but I'm going to tell you, quit praying for Jesus to come and start praying for heaven to come to earth. Amen. Pray for colonization. Pray for the atmosphere of heaven to be manifested on earth. Jesus taught us to pray for the colonization of heaven. But here's the problem. Colonization cannot exist without confrontation. Colonization. Y'all going to pray for me. This is going to get heavy. I feel it. Colonization cannot exist without confrontation. Because colonization exists or consists of a new culture confronting an existing culture. Now, this shouldn't be hard to understand if you've been born again. If you've been born again, you should understand this very well because it's what happened when you got saved. A brand new culture came in and began to confront an existing culture. Oh, somebody, somebody help me. Somebody acknowledge it, amen. That's what happened when you got saved. Heaven moved to earth. Oh, my God. A new world moved into the old world. Amen. Jesus said, this new culture that just moved in your life is so confrontational, you're going to need a cross every day to deal with the flesh. Huh? My God. Is it, you got to know this stuff. Amen. I said, this new culture that has moved in you is so confrontational, amen, that it's going to begin to confront everything in your life that don't look like the culture of heaven. 
And the good news is, it's only confronting the thing that's killing me. Somebody shout hallelujah on that one, amen. All it's confronting is what's killing me. A culture of life has moved into me and it's confronting everything that was killing me. Are you listening to me? Amen. Because a brand new culture. Uh, I, I need, I don't, I, I, hey, hey, hey. Don't sit there and look at me because there's people watching you, amen, and they're going to think you don't know what I'm talking about, and they're going to think I don't know why there's a war going on me since I got saved. I'm here to tell you why, amen, because a new culture is confronting your old culture, amen. I found out real quick when I got saved, I didn't feel anything. I just love you people with a testimony where you went into some trance and boom, you become a new creature and all that. I didn't feel a thing. I was a drunk trying to save a marriage. Somebody help me. <laughs> I didn't run to Jesus because I loved Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. Amen. All I knew is I was drunk. My wife was leaving me. I was losing my kids. I ran to an altar. Amen. And he saw fit to save me. I didn't feel anything. Went back home that night. <laughs> Got up the next morning to go to the same job. Put on the same shoes. Same britches. Looked at the same face. Shaved the same face. But when I got back out there. And I started to engage in the same conversation. Oh, somebody help me. And I started to talk like I used to talk. All of a sudden, there was confrontation on the inside. I said there was confrontation, and I didn't need a preacher standing there. I didn't need a worship team standing there. All of a sudden, when it came out of my mouth, I said, oh, that's not me. Oh, you ought to know what it looks like. I had been colonized. Settle down, Pastor Love. I had been colonized by another world. And all of a sudden, I'm under another government. Can I help somebody right now? I got to move on. Colonization looks like conviction. And conviction is precious. Oh, come on. Somebody shout over that. I'm so tired of everybody feeling like feeling. <laughs> Amen. Don't make people feel bad. Are you kidding me? Conviction is colonization. Conviction is contradicting the death that's in me with a new life that's now living inside of me. If you've been born again, you ought to get on your feet right now and just say, thank God for conviction. Go ahead. Go ahead. Thank God for conviction. Somebody over here, I want to praise God for conviction because it's a contradiction. Heaven is being colonized in my kingdom. Somebody ought to write that down. Josh, tweet that for me. Conviction is the colonization of heaven in my soul. Well, that sounded intelligent, didn't it? Conviction is the colonization of heaven in my soul. And it's, Brother Ricky, it's setting me free. It's an invasion of another world. So therefore, colonization cannot exist without confrontation. Which explains why Jesus, hear me now, I don't understand where the church is gone. Jesus was the most controversial, confrontational figure in all of history. My God. When I stop reading the Bible, or, or, or when I just start reading the red, 
thought, my God, how did people follow you? He was the most confrontational. Where have we got off that we have to make everybody around us happy even in their sin? Where have we missed it to where, oh, don't be confrontational. Amen. Don't be contradictory. If the government said it, just do it. I'm going to work it this morning. You might well stay with me, amen. If they said it, just do it. If we need to settle down a little bit, amen. If we're going to win them, we got to be like them. And the Holy Ghost said, your attempt to be relevant has made you irrelevant. Your attempt to be relevant has made you irrelevant because relevant is not becoming like them. It means being attached to the situation at hand and bringing change to it. Can y'all handle me this morning? I'm telling you, I'm ready for you. Got this whole thing while I was asleep. Don't get no better than that. Bliss, Jesus was a radical threat to the current culture. Is that fair? He was a threat. He was a threat. I want to be a part of a church that is a threat. Is anybody in this place? Oh, stay with me. Don't get religious on me. I don't mean a threat to people. I want to be a part of a church who's threat to the current culture of Antichrist. I want to be a threat to the demonic powers that's controlling people. I want to be a threat. Jesus was so radical, amen, that he drawed attention everywhere he went. He was so radical, it got him killed. It's radical. Branson, he didn't just blend in on his job. Let's bring it down. He didn't just blend in in the grocery store. He was so different. He looked different. He acted different. He talked different. He operated. And, 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 <laughs> it'll come out in English in a minute. But most importantly of all, he responded different. Oh, that's how I know you got something. Uh, you didn't cut me when I cut you. You didn't cuss me when I cut you. Oh, why? Because I'm not even a citizen of this world. I'm under the government of another world. Let's go deeper. Can we go deeper? So have I established the fact, Amanda, that Jesus was controversial? He was a radical by nature, and he did not care. Huh? Oh, the loving Jesus got a halo carrying a lamb in one hand and a baby in the other. The devil is a liar. My Bible said, the prophet said, who is this? <laughs> Remember Isaiah? He saw Jesus before his time and said, who is this coming? He's got a helmet on his head. He's got a breastplate of righteousness. Amen. He's got a golden girdle around his waist and he's got zeal as a cloak. Who is this coming to this earth? Amen. To be a radical colonial who will colonize everything around him. Gotta meet up with. He was confrontational. I'm gonna share some scriptures nobody else talks about, and I'm gonna try not to sugarcoat them, and I'm gonna try not to the, 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 theologize them. If that's a word, I'm just gonna tell you what Jesus said. And he never explained himself except when preaching in parables. And, and, and listen to me, amen. I could stop and give you some commentator on this, but I'm not. I ain't got time. I got to go, amen. Amen. Let me tell you how confrontational Jesus was. His early ministry, early in his ministry, he stood up and preached. Uh, Matthew chapter number 10. I don't know if I got these on screen or not. Matthew chapter number 10, verse number 34. Do not think that I have come to bring peace on earth. I have not come to bring peace by the sword. You just chew on it. 
of the division between belief and unbelief. For I have come to set a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be the members of his own household when one believes and the other one does not. Is anybody in this place? He said, my culture is so diverse from the mind. Now, some of y'all don't never have to worry about this. Some of you don't have to deal with it. But I am preaching to somebody who knows what it's like when the culture you live is diabolically opposed to the culture that he lives or she lives, okay? Everybody else just enjoy for a minute. Let me help you for a minute, amen. Don't get discouraged. Don't get disheartened because Jesus said when you're truly born again, that opposing mindset will reject everything that you are. It'll push back. It'll turn a daughter against her daddy. It'll turn a husband against his wife. Uh, I wish I could make it easier for you, but this is the way Jesus preached it, amen? Why? Because you are different. You're different. If you're born again, you're different. You're, you're controlled by another government. Jesus said, this culture of light I've come to establish will confront the current culture of darkness. Your life ought to be confrontational. Come on, can y'all receive this kind of preaching? I'm preaching apostolically. Our lives ought to be confrontational. I'm afraid we're getting along with this world too good. I'm afraid we're getting along with the world system too good. I'm afraid we fit in too well. Oh, no, 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 I'm just preaching, amen. I'm afraid if we're not stirring something up around us. I talked to my wife this morning. I'm getting really nervous because Life Church is not making a real good footprint right now in our community, and it's bothering me. It's bothering me that they're okay with us having church. It's bothering me that we're okay with having church and we're not stirring up the waters. Is anybody in this place? He said, you're so different. Your lifestyle ought to be so confrontational. It's stirring up things. Around you. I'm not pastor this morning. I'm preaching apostolically. He said, This culture of light, I've come to establish, it's going to bring some division. I had a close knit circle of friends when I got saved. How about you? And we would die for one another. I ain't even lying. We would die for one another, and we, were, we did dope together. I don't know if I've ever said that. We, I'm sorry. I hope you don't love me any less. <laughs> Are you listening to me? We hid it in the culvert before we go into school. Dope dogs tore my car apart looking for our stuff, and we stood together. We stood together. We all lied together. We told him it was shotgun shells he was after. That dog knew what he was after. Are you listening to me? That's what we did. And we'd lie for one another and we'd fight for one another. We were blood brothers. Amen. But something drastic happened when I got born again. Is anybody listening to me? I didn't like it. I just need to help somebody. You might be a new convert. Amen. You just need to know it's the nature of being a citizen of heaven that all of a sudden, amen, what used to unite us together didn't unite us anymore. And what was coming out of me was controversial to come into them. And I began to lose some things in my life. Oh, can I help you? You're going to lose some things when you start living the culture of the kingdom And sometimes it's those that are closest to you. I'm just preaching what Jesus said. 
huh? I still love them, and I think something about them still loves me. Amen. We don't hate each other. Are you listening to me? But we're not bedfellows no more either. Are you listening to me? Why? Because light has no fellowship with darkness. Can I just preach the truth, amen? I said, I can still love you and I can still respect you, but to fellowship means to become one with you and we've been severed by another kingdom called the kingdom of our God. I had to be okay with it. I had had to be okay with it. Jesus said, this culture of light is gonna bring some division between the culture of darkness and there ain't no way around it. Jesus' ministry of holiness confronted and contradicted the hypocritical religious culture of compromise. We're going to forget about the world for a minute, and I'm going to talk to the church. I'm going to say that again. Jesus' ministry of holiness confronted and contradicted the hypocritical religious culture of his day. Huh? Listen to Jesus. I'm talking about your little precious Savior. Matthew 23 and 2. He said... Jesus preaching, Josh. He said, the scribes and Pharisees have seated themselves in Moses' chair of authority. So practice everything they tell you, but do not do what they do, for they preach, but they do not practice. Can you imagine their hair standing up on his? That religious bunch, Jesus coming there, he thought he had... He, they thought they were finna get a compliment. He said, they've set themselves up as figures of authority. And just let me tell y'all, do everything they're telling you to do. Because everything they tell you to do is written in the word of God. Amen. And right when they poked their chest out, he came back with, but don't do what they do. Because they preaching stuff, they ain't living. Somebody say radical. <laughs> this radical colonial from heaven Planted a wimp and turned the religious community upside down. That's the kind of preachers we need in the pulpit again. <laughs> I got one amen. I think it was my wife. I said, we need some preachers in the pulpit who will plant a wimp and be mad again. Here's the problem. Preachers don't know how to get mad at the enemy and not get mad at people. Amen. But we got to plant a wimp against a world system that is trying to culturize the church and start turning some things upside down. Mm, Come on now, y'all. Y'all have an apostle over this church. You're getting this first. And this has got to be preached. I need you to help me. Listen, he didn't stop there. But he said, this is Jesus is preaching now. You serpents, you generation of vipers, how are you going to escape the damnation of hell? Jesus obviously didn't know how to build a worldwide ministry. You can't go into people's churches and preach in this. He said, you serpents, you generation of vipers. You notice how he went to the second level, Harley? He called them serpents first. Serpents always allude to something that is really subtle. But he went deeper and called them vipers. Vipers has to do that which was poisonous. And then he said generations. He said you're compromised. Amen. You taking the word and twisting it and wrapping it all around what you like. Amen. Is poison. So you're producing a generation who's been poisoned by your compromise. 
My God, I can't tell it like he gave it to me. Amen. He said, now you're compromised because you wouldn't preach the cross. You wouldn't take up the cross. Your compromise has given birth to a generation who don't know what holiness looks like. They don't know what righteousness looks like. They don't know what a true daddy looks like, a true mama. Is anybody in this place? He said, you have poisoned the next generation. He's preaching in the church. What I need you to notice is Jesus started his mission of colonizing heaven in the earth, in the house of God. Isn't that amazing? He came to colonize. Where did he go? He started with us. He started with the church. He started with the religious community. Amen. Shake your neighbor and tell him he's talking about you. He's, tell him, tell him, tell him he's talking about your religious self. Come on, let's get confrontational today. Yeah, why? Because 1 Peter 4, 17 says, judgment must begin. Help me, somebody. Judgment must begin. Judgment must begin in the house of God. Now, we made judgment a bad word, but, but listen to this. Judgment means, hear me now, I'm, 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 this has all got to come together. Judgment means a decision for or against. Judgment means a distinguishing between right and wrong. Are you catching it? Judgment is the establishing of the plumb line. That prophetic word. So judgment here is not a negative. Judgment must begin at the house of God. Judgment is not a negative at all. Judgment is a reestablishment of true north. Okay? Right? Judgment is a recalibration of what's right and wrong. The millennials are coming up in the world and they're saying, what is truth? What is truth? We got so many cultures in the house of God that we don't even know anymore. And, and, and Jesus was, if Jesus was standing before you, he would be saying about a lot of ministers Go ahead and do what they say because they're giving you scripture. But don't do what they do. Somebody help me. Because they're doing something contrary to what they're telling you to do. So there's sudden double. So, so, so there's daddies that come worship on Sunday. Amen. And treat their wives like hell on Monday. There's why, oh, I'm going to tell, I'm going to talk, I ain't pastor today. Are you, are you listening to me? Come in here with one face and go out there with another face. And we got a community saying, well, we don't know what's right and wrong. They're leaders in the church. They're supposed to be this. They're supposed to be that. So he said, judgment's got to begin right here. There's got to be a recalibrating of the truth. My. There's got to be a reestablishing of the plumb line of righteousness in the household of God. So judgment is recalibrating what's right and wrong. 
Are you listening to me? Amen. We're living in a culture right now that's got to have a true north. We're living in a culture right now to where everything that this Bible represents is under attack. Can I get a witness on that? Amen. And now preachers are taking it and twisting it. Now we're ordaining uh, 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 homosexual ministers in our pulpits. Huh? I, I'm, I'm telling you, I've been traveling. I'm going to pour out some stuff I'm seeing and hearing out there that's going on in the body of Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? Worship teams on Facebook leading worship on Sunday and, and partying on Saturday with beer cans in their hands. Uh, amen. They glory in what they should be ashamed of. Somebody follow me for a minute. Amen. So you got a church body that's saying, what is truth? He says, so judgment must begin at my house and I'm coming back to my house and I'm going to recalibrate the truth. I'm going to reestablish the plumb line. Amen. And why does it have to begin? Are y'all hearing me this morning? And why does it have to begin at God's house? Simply because God's house is the guiding light to all community, to all humanity. Let me put it this way. The kingdom of God is the guiding light to all of humanity. Matter of fact, let me give you a scripture. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are y'all are, are y'all feeling me? Not your government, not your president, not the Congress, not the Senate House, the church house, this house, the household of God. He says, so if I'm gonna get the world right, I gotta get the church right. I gotta recalibrate. True north, because out of here flows the issues of life. Out of this temple flows. <laughs> oh, I'm so overwhelmed with this. I can't tell if y'all getting me or not. He said, judgment must begin at the house of the Lord. This was his first message. And then he began to preach. Somebody shout, recalibrate. Somebody shout, colonize. First message, first message, Matthew chapter number five. He starts out with the Beatitudes, which is the attitude, and the, the attitude and the disposition of the people in the church. And then he began to recalibrate. Right after that, he began to say things. You listen to me. He began to colonize. He said, I say unto you, except your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of your current leaders, you shall in no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. I don't mean to be dogmatic or negative this morning, but I'm telling you, we got leaders whose righteousness, amen, is according to their own knowledge and their own desires. And they get up and preach a pretty sermon. And I hear Jesus one more time in my dream saying, except your righteousness exceeds those you call a leader, you'll never even see the kingdom of God. Oh, is anybody in this place? And then he said, he didn't stop there, did he? He said, you say, thou shalt not commit adultery. I say, if you look at a woman and lust at her, you've already committed adultery. Huh? Somebody say plumb line. He say, you say. You say an eye for an eye, two for a two. I say, if a man slaps you on the right side, turn your left side. Well, that was quiet. Confrontational. I'm talking about living by another government. And, and he just kept on. He kept on. He just kept on saying, you said, you said, you said. He was recalibrating. He said, but this is what I say. This is absolute truth. He was recalibrating. 
He was resetting the plumb line. He was colonizing heaven on earth. But Jesus wasn't just confrontational to the religious community. Come on, this is going to be relevant. He was also confrontational to the political community. In the book of Luke, the Bible says they, 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 the Pharisees came to him and said, run, Herod's going to kill you. <laughs> I don't know if they was just trying to get rid of him to let him know Herod was going to kill him because they hated him, but it was almost like they were trying to protect him. Branson, they came and said, you better run. You are so controversial and you are so radical. It's made it to the White House. And they have put a bounty on your head. And he said, they said, you better run for Herod will kill thee. And Jesus said unto them, go and tell that fox. He didn't understand etiquette at all. Go tell the fox. Now, when he's talking to the church, he's calling them snakes. But now he's talking to the government, calling him fox. Shake your neighbor and tell him he's talking about Jesus. I need y'all to understand that. Jesus said, go tell the fox, behold, which means watch me. I cast out devils. I do cures today and tomorrow. What I'm doing today, I'm going to be doing tomorrow. And what I'm doing tomorrow, and he said, on the third day, I'm going to be perfected. He said, go tell the fox, casting out devils, healing the sick, and on the third day. Let me tell you, obviously, Jesus hadn't got the memo of the separation of church and state. <laughs> Amen? Oh, you stay in your place, and we'll stay in our place. And the government is one entity, and the church is another entity. Jesus didn't understand that. He said, you go tell that fox, I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to heal the sick. I'm going to raise the dead. Amen. And he said, uh, on the third day, he said, you, 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 go tell, you go tell the president. You go tell the local governing officials. You go tell the Republicans. You go tell the Democrats. You go tell the mayor. You go tell the governor. You go tell all of them. I'm casting out devils today. I'm going to be casting out devils tomorrow. And he said, I'm going to die and be resurrected. And when I do, I'm going to raise up millions of colonials. You go tell them. Come on, somebody. You go tell them. I, well, I ain't running, I ain't hiding, I ain't quitting. This church has got to hear. Are you listening to me? I ain't bowing, I ain't submitting, I ain't succumbing to you. Amen. He said, but I, and I'm going to die for it, but when I get up, I'm going to raise up millions that are just like me. Huh? Just like me. Where they at? Where are they at? Can I tell you on the day of Pentecost, the Bible says God, are y'all still with me? The Bible says God poured his spirit out. 
and the spirit of a colonial hit 120 and they came out of an upper room and said, go tell the president, go tell the governor, go tell the mayor, go, is it about, go tell the sheriff and his mom and him, go tell everybody. I'm talking about 120 who was living in fear and intimidation. But when the spirit of the colonial baptized them, they come out and said, I'll give you my head, but I won't give you my devotion. I'll give you my home, but I won't give you my relationship with God. I wish somebody helped me get through this sermon. Amen. They came out of that upper room with the same contradictory spirit of their leader. All of a sudden, they just couldn't get along. And your Bible says, when they started coming to town, the people would say, oh my God, here comes that bunch that's turning the cities upside down. Where is the spirit of a colonial? We just embracing everything. We just embracing everything. You got to hear me. I, God has delivered me of religiosity. I ain't talking about judging people. I'm talking about judging a spirit that a little boy don't know he's a little boy no more. And a little girl don't want to be a little girl no more. And mamas can't, are y'all listening to me? Can't even sign birth certificates because it's social injustice to your child. Amen. To look at their plumbing and tell what they are. You got to wait till that. Is anybody in this place? Amen. While we're hiding somewhere in a church, uh, preaching a feel-good message. Can I preach like an apostle this morning? Amen. When is somebody going to stand up and say, Right is right, wrong is wrong. That is right, that is That is right. Oh no, we gotta we gotta be relevant. Can y'all tell I'm kind of adamant about this? He wakes me up in my dreams to tell me. Somebody's got to recalibrate this thing that we have been twisted in our minds and we've become so relevant. Now we're virtual relevance. Uh, we got to get that prophecy out and find out exactly what that means. I think I know what it means and I ain't going to fool with it this morning. Amen. But we've come virtually relevant and on the altar of convenience. Let's just make it convenient. Let's go. Let's go. That discouraged 120 came out, Harley, with the same contradictory confrontational spirit. You know what's wrong with your kids? You know why you want to bring your kid at 16 and 17 for me to counsel? You want to know why you visit them in prison? Because you didn't confront him. Oh, that's Jesus. I got to love him. You don't love him. Hebrews teaches if you love him, you'll confront. You will be contradictory. I, I, I just want to be their best friend. Are you mamas listening to me back there? Amen. You got to learn to confront a spirit, to destroy a spirit. And the church has become the same way. Let's, let's go further. Jesus literally identified the church. The first time church was ever mentioned in your Bible, he identified it as an opposing force to the gates of hell. 
He put it in the same sentence. When he introduced the church, he so knew she would have a contradictory spirit that he said, but the gates of hell will not prevail against it. How are we getting along in our communities and our schools being taken and our morals destroyed? Is anybody in this sanctuary with me? How in the world are we letting it slip so far when we are the only guiding light to the world that we live in? We weren't sent here to get along with the world. We were sent here to colonize another world in the environment that you're in. Am I preaching the truth? Matter of fact, did you know that part of Satan's curse, part of the curse of Satan was the spirit of hostility given to the church? Did you know that? Think about it. He said, Satan, remember, in the garden. He said, I curse you. From now on, you're going to go on your belly and you're going to eat dust. The first curse was, you're going to be vulnerable to getting your head stoned. Are you okay? He literally put the devil in position for you to stomp. The problem is, if you don't get the spirit of hostility, let me try this out. The problem is, if you didn't get the spirit of hostility, you will coddle what you should have cursed. You will coddle what you should have confronted. Come on, somebody, I'm trying to work this thing, amen. It was part of the curse. He said, on your belly shall you go the rest of your life, and you're going to eat the dust of men, meaning they will prevail over you. And he said, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to put enmity between her and you. Part of your curse is uh, the church is going to be hostile against everything you do. How are we getting along with everything the devil is doing and we don't hate it? I know the kids are in the building this morning, but Jesus used this word a lot. Hate. Hate is a little different from I really don't like you. <laughs> Amen. The only reason that Satan was able to live in the garden so long is because the church hadn't been given the spirit of hostility. I don't know how long they lived together, but part of the curse was she will no longer tolerate you. Come on, somebody. It gets better. Y'all still with me? She will no longer be able to tolerate you. Some of you are tolerating things in your house. You ought to be stupid. <laughs> I said double. I said some of you are tolerating some mindsets in your home. You ought to be stupid. Oh, somebody stomp with me. Come on, it feels good just to do it. Come on, stomp right where you are. You're, you're tolerating some things. You, the devil's saying some things to you. You, you stinking devil, I will not tolerate that in my house. Some of you allowing your kids to watch some things. You ought to be stomping. Some of you are, oh, he's on the soapbox now. He listening to me. Some, he said, it's the curse. It's part of the curse. I'm going to curse him with your disposition to hate him so bad that everything he tries to do, you stand in his way. And he said, if that ain't enough, the next curse was. And he said, I'm also going to put enmity between her seed and your seed. In other words, she's the church. The church is going to hate you so bad, she's going to be in constant opposition to you, and then she's going to be constantly birthing ministries that's going to hate you, and ministries that's going to be stomping your head. In other words, devil, everything you give birth to, she will give birth to something that's going to stomp your head. Oh, 
oh, but, but here's the problem. He said, he, he said he's going to crush your head, but it's going to bruise his heel. The problem is sometimes winning can hurt. Yeah, winning costs something. It can hurt. We want to win with no sacrifice. Are y'all okay? Are y'all still with me? Yeah. Winning costs something. One of these things, Jordan LaFoon's my son-in-law. And he's, he's, he's coach. One of these days, they're going to call him from LSU. No, they're going to call him from a losing team. That's right. That was right the first time. And they're going to ask him to come coach the team. And you know why? Because he's a winning coach. And he will do, scream, holler, carry it on, make them run. He'll do whatever it went to win. But you know what they're calling him for? Because he's a winner. No winning coach goes to a losing team and adapts to their losing culture. Come on, somebody. No, no coach comes in and does not confront their laziness. I'm trying to teach something that Jordan can understand. Are you listening to me? Amen. He don't come in, amen, with the same spirit of uh, complacency. He comes in and starts confronting, this has got to go. This has got to go. You're going to have to step it up. Put some more weights on them bar. Amen. We need preachers who will get in the pulpit and not submit to complacency and say, put some more weight on that. Am I in the camera? Amen. Put some more weight on that. Come on. Step it up. Run another mile. Go the extra mile. It's going to cost you something to be a winner. We want a cost-free church. Don't cost me nothing. Just going to build my life and do my thing. I'm not saying you can't go to heaven, but you can't build the church this guy's after. I'm after one that's so confrontational. The first thing he controversy. Uh, are y'all still okay? I'm going to be through by noon, I bet. We're going to be the first to the buffet. So I need to get to my text. He brought them out. He come out of the upper room with the spirit of a colonial. And they started colonizing the world they lived in. And they could. Uh, Paul went into Ephesus. The largest cities, a metropolitan place of just huge, and people ever had all kind of gods. And Paul walked right down between all them gods and said, I perceive y'all are religious. But let me tell you about the unknown. And he turned it upside down. And they tried to kill him because all the sorcerers went out of business. Because they couldn't sell false gods no more. Are y'all listening to me? That was the church. But which brings me to my closing text. Lest, Josh, if I ain't mistaken, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Less than 50, less than 70 years later, after that great colonial died on an old rugged cross, buried, rose up. Nearly 70 years, less than 70 years 
of the colonials coming out of the upper room and turning the world upside down. And may I submit to you, they were so contradictory that every one of them but John the Baptist died a martyr's death because the world couldn't stand them. Because darkness hates light. And they refused to compromise the truth. Less than 70 years later, put my text back up in Philippians. Paul is sitting, was Paul in jail? I think he was. In a jail cell. Paul had people around him. Are y'all still with me? Come on, we're going to get out early. Are y'all still with me? Paul had people around him saying, settle down. He had a prophet tell him, don't go down there. Don't, 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 don't pay, don't sacrifice. Don't, don't do it because I can tell you they're going to kill you in Ephesus. They're going to put you in jail. No, that's what he told them. They're going to put you in jail. He had people around him saying, you need to learn to get along. You, you need to learn to go with the flow. And Paul looked at him in the eye and said, you got to be kidding me now. I'm not just ready to be put in jail. I'm ready to die for this thing. And we're fighting over saying little cuss words and being faithful to church. Doing things that is Christianity 101. That, that is just the real fruit of Christianity. And Paul was saying, are you kidding me? I will not save myself for myself, but I will give myself. Because I am not a citizen of this world. I'm the citizen of another world. But look. Now he's sitting in a jail cell less than 70 years later with tears streaming down his face saying, brothers and sisters, follow my example. Watch what I'm doing. Pay attention to us who are really living this thing. For there's many out there of whom I've often told you. And now I'm telling you with tears. They live their lives as enemies of the cross. Whose fate is destruction. Whose God is their belly. Give me another scripture, brother. Whose God is their belly. In other words, their God. We're talking about church here. Their God now is what makes them feel good. Paul was in prison, Josh, fighting to colonize while fighting culturalization. He said, the world is culturizing you. He said, don't be culturized by the current cultural climate that you now live in. Do y'all hear my plea? I could feel the wet tears, the hot tears streaming down the man's face who has given his life for it, who had stood for Christ. He said, don't get wrapped up and deceived by the teachers of compromise. He, he said, imitate my walk with God. He said, this scripture is actually saying, there's many who live by different standards. They live by, they're living by different standards. They're controlled by their own sensual appetites. 
My God, do you hear me, church? This is the world we live in today. We call ourselves Christian. Amen. But my belly is my God meeting. I'll put God on the back burner and worship my own desires by fulfilling them. And he said, that's, that's not even the worst of it. He said, he said they, don't, they don't only not preach the cross. They're enemies. They're hostile to the cross. He said, anything that looks like sacrifice, they hate it. Anything that looks like it's going to require you give up something for the kingdom, they hate it. They're hostile against it. And they'll create a grace message that covers it. Somebody help me now. I know it's getting real right now. Are you listening to me? He said, they are enemies to the cross. Amen. The, the very message Jesus preached has been all covered and lost. Amen. That this thing is going to cost me something. Amen. That if I get as radical and confrontational as Jesus was, uh, amen, God don't want me to lose this and God don't want me to lose that. Amen. I didn't hear one of the apostles being crucified saying, God don't want me to lose my life. But Paul said, to the contrary, Paul said, he said, he said, if I'm going to glory, I'm going to glory in this, that I have been crucified to the world and the world has been crucified to me if I'm going to glory in anything it's that I have no emotional ties to this world system my allegiance is to another world are y'all feeling me this morning are you feeling the gravity are you feeling the gravity of where we are today and what I'm afraid of is you live in a small community and you come sit in the same environment week after week after week. And even a small communities, we're kind of insulated, galvanized from what's going on out there. Until I get out there and deal with pastors, fighting pastors, because that pastor is doing this on Sunday morning and that on Facebook for all the world to see. The very things that Christians used to hide has become their glory. He said, we're living in a, in a world now to where what they used to be and should be ashamed of, they're glorying in. They're holding it up and saying, come worship with us. My, 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 my. You can do this at our church. We're hip, or whatever words they use. That. We're relevant. We're not old school. We're not religious. I'm so sick of carnal Christian tying the word religious to devotion. The message. It's the only message Jesus knew, Tim. And he preached it. We sell it all. Matter of fact, he said, if you save your life, you're going to lose what's really valuable. But if you'll give your life, I'll give it back to you in abundance. But it'll always be in this right perspective. Is <laughs> anybody hearing me this morning? Paul said, the church we colonized is being culturized. It's being culturized. And if somebody don't stop it, 
That generation right there will not know the true Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They'll know some religious icon that has no freedom in it. Ricky, somebody's got to stop it. We need some Pauls. You know what I'd be doing if I was sitting in a jail cell? I wouldn't be writing you a stinking letter. Because you couldn't read it for all the tears dripping off my sissified little cheeks. Because I'm having to go through something for Jesus Christ. Are y'all okay out there? Paul said, I've been warning you, but now I'm telling you with tears. That shows you the progression of culturization in the church. And now here we are 2,000 years later. And I'm afraid we're allowing what was colonized to be culturized through compromise. Because we don't want to confront. There was a time they confronted in the wrong spirit. They went after the person. The most stupid thing. I'm using all these bad words. Stephen, put that out of your mind. Out on the streets with picket signs saying, don't kill babies. Out on the streets, God hates gays. It's the most, it's the craziest, ignorant, that's the word. Because they're attacking the people instead of the spirit behind this controlling But now somebody's got to rise up and be a voice in this last day and pull millennials together, baby boomers together, the X generation together where we know how to navigate this thing. Are y'all listening to me? That's where we're going at Life Church. And we will establish the truth that not only we preach but we live and we will colonize heaven on earth. Can I tell you something now? Things that had merit. Cancel culture. Y'all hear all these terms? Cancel culture. Woke community. If you went back further enough, these things have some merit. They had some merit. For the true identity of what they could be. But now we're living in a community. Come on, I'm still preaching. Where cancel culture and the woke community is now Join the progressive movement against social injustice. That sounds real noble, don't it? They've joined the progressive against social injustice. Who is not against social injustice? The problem is the social injustice is not letting a man... Use a woman's bathroom. Not letting a woman use a man's bathroom. That's social injustice now. Social injustice now is not letting a boy play in a girl's sport. Fighting social injustice. Social injustice now is a Christian pastor with a Christian church who will not perform a gay marriage. That's social injustice now. Paul is writing with tears streaming down his face saying, don't be culturized. Colonize. Stand with me all over this place. I almost did it. 
I almost finished before noon. I know this was heavy today. But I want to tell you this. I didn't exaggerate anything. And it would blow your mind what's going on in the body of Christ. You you would be appalled of what's going on in the body of Christ. Under the Christian flag. And I'm going to close out with this. Listen to me. Paul said, this is how we're going to fight this. He said, this is what's going on. And then he said, but you are a citizen of heaven. I just need you today as an apostolic covering over this church. I just need you to remember I'm a citizen of another world. He identified the problem, which us preachers don't like to do. But he also said, I I need you to stop and remember. You're not of this world. You're a citizen of heaven. So that's our altar call right now. I, I just need you to take a few minutes to remind yourself that our behavior is governed from another world. We... We live by much higher standard. We pledge our allegiance, of course, to the flag of the United States of America. But if Jesus don't come quick, to pledge that allegiance will be pledging allegiance to some of the most gross immorality you've ever been a part of. And you're seeing that already. But we're we're destined to pledge allegiance to the country of which we are a citizen. But God's reminding us that I'm going to pledge my allegiance to the city of which I am a citizen of. And I'm going to say, behold, president. Behold, governor. Behold, mayor. Behold, every elected official. I'm going to cast out devils. I'm going to lay hands on the sick. I'm going to preach the gospel. And I'm going to do it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. That's where we are, Josh. This is where we are. And it's becoming confrontational to use that name. Isn't it? So today, today I've given you an overview and I've laid out before this body what will have to be laid out to the body of Christ. And I believe God will stir up apostolic ministries and preachers and pastors all over this nation to start saying it's time to stomp some things we've been coddling. Can I help you in your marriage? You probably don't need counseling. You need to learn how to stomp. Your attitude, your disposition, how you talk to your wife, how you don't pray, how you don't study, how you're not being led by the Holy Ghost. Are y'all still okay? Come on, Ben, stomp with me. huh? Yeah, you probably don't need somebody to talk to you. They probably need to teach you how to stomp some things that, the God, that God's already put 
and made vulnerable for you. We got to stomp it in our communities, Fluky. We got to stomp it on our job sites. But we've been taught you got to be relevant. I wish I'd have got your notes. You taught this not too long ago. And relevant don't mean to be like them. It means to be in touch with what's going on around us. Come on, give me a little music, Courtney. I really, the really good stuff of this message, I didn't preach today, but it's time to quit. I really wanted to preach a, a, just a hallelujah, hallelujah shouting message on my citizenship. Don't forget, you're in this world, but you're not of it. Don't forget, kids, students, we're just different. And you know what? Now that's a cool thing. You ought to get some t-shirts made. Put this scripture on there and just say, I'm different. That way when they start making fun of you because you're different, you're already ready for them. You're already ready for them. And Josh, if we don't get this generation ready, he's already facing some things. They're, they're being raised in a hostile environment. Ain't they? Everything. Everything and everybody is totally intolerant but the church. Because we got scared when they started using that word. Oh, y'all are so intolerant. It's, it's just, it's just hate-mongering. And it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, I pray that before we leave here today that you would just somehow pray, God, give me the tears of Paul. Maybe you don't have them right now, but could you ask God, give me the tears of Paul to be concerned about culturization of the church. Culturization of the church. Let us weep about it and say, oh God. Oh God, give me that adamant radical spirit that stands in opposition to anything that tries to come in my house. Mamas, time to get radical. Daddies, time to get radical. Pastors, time to get radical. Youth leaders, time to get radical. Believers, time to get radical. Jimbo, I hope you don't mind me telling you this, but I've done it before too. Literally rode down the window in his truck and told the devil, get out. I don't pick up hitchhikers. Get out. You got to get radical. You got to get radical. You got something to share? I just feel in my spirit that there's some confusion because you don't know how to be the citizen and you're confused right now. And I just feel that there needs to be an altar call for salvation. If you haven't experienced new life in Christ, we welcome you. As the body of Christ, we welcome you to these altars. We welcome you up front. There are leaders in here that are willing to sacrifice and pray over you. We're willing here today to welcome you to this new family in Jesus. So if this is you, if you're feeling the burning in your heart, Lord, I need to be saved. We welcome you right here, right now. While some may be meditating on that, 
I just wonder, it's still early. We won't take a lot of time, and I'm going to pray for everybody today. But I just wonder if there's some radicals that do want to respond to this level of message by coming and standing, just showing, I want to be a colonial. That's the altar call now. I want to be a colonial. I want the anointing of the early church to be confrontational. Just come and stand, and we're going to do a joint prayer together. I want that spirit. I want, let it begin in life, church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Let it begin in life, church. My God, my God, my God. We're just stepping out today and saying, listen, I will not accept the culturalization of my home. Brandon, I will not accept accept the culturalization of my children. The church has got a big job ahead of us because we live in a hostile world. It's an anti-Christ spirit out there. Let's make up our minds, Ricky. I love you too much to try to be your best friend and compromise the gospel of Jesus. Oh, my God. What a day. What a day. What a mission we've been called to, but we've come to the kingdom for this hour. 2021. We need to be filled with the spirit of the greatest colonial that ever lived. And his name is Jesus. Go ahead, pray. Just pray. Don't wait on me. Father, let it begin in life, church. Let it begin in us, oh God. Forgive me, Lord, for lowering my standard. Come on, somebody pray. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me, Lord, for lowering my standard. Forgive me, Lord. They are enemies of the cross. They are enemies of sacrifice. They're the enemies. Oh, let the new movement begin here. Let this movement begin here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Go ahead, just between you and Jesus. Go ahead, just between you and God right now. We are different. We are, we are made to be different. There's a wave of the Holy Ghost. Come on. There's a wave of the Holy Ghost. I feel a wave of the Holy Ghost. There's a wave of the Holy Ghost right there. Come on. The Word is getting in you. The Word is getting in you. I don't have to fit in. I want to make a difference. I don't have to fit in anymore. I want to make a difference. Oh, somebody say, not on my watch. Not on my watch. We will not allow the church to be culturized on our watch. Shut up, oh, yeah, 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 y
name of Jesus. Oh, let it begin in me. Let it begin in me, Jesus. Let it begin in me, Jesus. Let it begin in me, Lord Jesus. Give me the tea. Thank you for listening to this Life Church podcast. 